Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. We just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you are faithful and you do what you say you will do. This morning, I pray that you will speak to us. I pray, Lord, that your word will find a place in our hearts. I pray that we will be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. It's such a blessing to be here with you this morning. Amen. Maybe you take it lightly and you take it for granted, but I don't take it lightly at all. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm looking at some two first love pastors here. I'm wondering what they are doing here today. (laughs) I want you to put your hands together. Put your hands together for Pastor Clenham. Pastor Clenham, we can't see you. Stand up. Many of you don't know him if you are in the first year. That last year, he was the one in charge of campus. Amen. Today, he's in yeah. It's good to see you. Take your seat. And then, I know Pastor Shong has been introduced to you, but I'll introduce him again. Hallelujah. Pastor Ashong 
was the pastor of the entire um, First Love during the time that he was here. He was a medical student today. He's a doctor, and he's here. Amen. So you're both welcome. Amen. It's good to see you. And I hope you think that the church is as interesting as it was when you were here. In fact, we think it's more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Because we are eating from here and we are eating from here. It used to be one, now we eat two. But it's good to see all of you. And I understand that tomorrow midterms begin. And it's one of the reasons why I am here today. Amen. Because there's a prayer that must be prayed. Oh, uh-huh. There is a prayer that must... Now, let me just say something. There are some of you who, for reasons best known to yourself, you are unknown in the church. You come, but you have refused to join anything or to have your phone number on anything or to have yourself as part of a group or anything. I'm not so sure what your motivation is. I can only tell you it is not of God. But one other thing I'll tell you is that every single day at dawn, I send a prayer out. And it only goes on pages. It doesn't go anywhere else. So if you are not on any page in the church, I'm not sure how you will get it. But for your own good, I would wish that you would add yourself to something. Amen? Mm, you're very quiet. Why? Because I'm talking your matter. I haven't grown any older. I will still talk your matter. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, yeah. If it is you, just look straight and smile. Nobody will know it's you. But you see, it's important that you are part of something. The devil, in fact, you see, when you look at um, this animal kingdom and those things, you see that the predators only eat animals that are on their own. They never charge into a crowd. They never attack a crowd of animals. So even something as helpless as deer, they will wait until they get one that they can chase. So when you make yourself an isolated something within a place, you are in danger. Anyway, that's just free advice. Today, Ajay, Anyway, today I have a short message, but I believe it is a message for today. And I have entitled it, Giants Do Fall. Giants Do Fall. If you like, you can call it Giants Do Die. Whichever. It will work. Amen? When I say Giants Do Fall, I'm going to preach to you a sermon that, it's a story you know from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, can I ask you from henceforth, try to bring your Bible with you to church. Is that okay? There's something I've been doing with the second service, word encounter service, and somebody asked me why I don't do it here. And I said, I don't do it here because this generation, I don't think you have Bibles. All that you have are your phone Bibles, and unfortunately, most of you also search up pornography on the same phone. So I don't know how you are going to say the confession that we say, because if you have porn on that phone, you'll be wishing yourself more of a bad thing as well. But for the sake of those who like such things, I want to ask you to bring your Bible. Get a physical Bible. There was a day when we used to come to church with a physical Bible. Then we started putting our Bibles onto soft things. The unfortunate thing is that you put other things also onto the soft things. And the unfortunate truth is that not much reading of the Bible is done on the soft things. Is that true or it's not true? There was a time when you're going to church. You hold the Bible. Everybody knows you're going to church. Today, you leave your room and you walk around like you're just some funky young dude who's just going for a walk. And you're coming to church. So, if you are not shy, from next week, find a Bible. We're going to start reading the Bible. Use the Bible for your quiet time. Open the Bible. Because some of you, if I give you this Bible now, and I say, open to Obadiah. You don't even know that there's a book called Obadiah in the Bible. But when you are using a physical Bible, sometimes in order to get to where you want to go, you lift through. So you open, and as you open, you see other books. A young boy was told that he was going to read a scripture from Habakkuk. And he went home, and he was telling his mother, his mother said, Habakkuk, where is that in the Bible? And some of us are like that. Is that okay? 
So today you're going to stand to your feet, you're going to say this confession, but as of next week, you come with your Bible as well. If your phone does not have phone on it, but it has a Bible, you can use it. Stand up and lift up your Bible. <laughs> and you're, you're saying a confession. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take your seat. Hallelujah. The words that we speak, they are life. And one day you turn and you realize that you really are who the Bible says you are. And you really have what the Bible says you have. And you can really do what the Bible says you can do. Amen. Today I'm preaching to you from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Giants do fall. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. The what? When I say the bigger they are, you answer the harder they fall. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Let's read the scriptures. First Samuel chapter 17. I'm reading. You see, it's a very long story. This is actually the story of David and Goliath. I can't read every verse, so I'll jump just to give us, you know, a view. We are starting from verse 17. Let's go. First Samuel 17, 17. Jesse said unto David his son, Take now thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp of thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousands, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. Let's jump to verse 23. As he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man whom killeth him, the king will enrich him, with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? Shall I keep guys on the sound there? Yes. And taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this circums uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And Il Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Let's jump to verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept thy father, his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he had defied the, names of the name of the living, the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David gathered his sword upon his armor, and he assayed to go, but he had not proved it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with thee, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Verse 40. He took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a stick. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came 
on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the sheep, shield went before him. Verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give thee the carcasses of the hosts, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. A long passage. I know you have not read your Bible this morning for many of you, so I hope you, you know, take it like that. Amen. But there are many lessons to be learned. If you know the story, he went on to use his sling to kill the giant, and then he used the giant's sword to cut his head off, as he had said. Now, as we look at this story, there are so many things to learn from it. And I just want us to pick up a few lessons this morning. The first thing that I want us to learn is that sooner or later in life, we're going to meet a giant. It is something that is there. So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, sooner or later, you're going to meet a giant. If you have a neighbor on the other side, tell the neighbor, neighbor, sooner or later, you're going to meet a giant. Now, why is it important to say this? It's important to say it because we live in a time where people have come to believe something that is not true. As to say that there is, there is no giants, there's no issue, there's no lion, there's no bear, there's no problem. And that is why when we now meet one, we dissolve. There are people who used to go to church who don't go to church any longer now. And they say, oh, I prayed for my mother to be saved and she wasn't saved. And so I have left. I asked God for help with my school fees and it didn't come. Or it didn't come on time. So I was asked to do this or to do that. A giant comes in your life anyway. Some of you have seen little ones and small ones. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are from. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how righteous you are. Giants come. Giants come. The giants, they, they represent those things that come into our life and seem so huge and so big and we look so small that if you allow yourself you will be afraid and you will be backed up into a corner. But let's not get there first. Let's go through our story. Amen. Now, if you remember the life of David, he was a young boy when he was anointed by Saul. So at this point where we meet him, he's not yet king of Israel, but he has been anointed before. Now, let me just take it as a side lesson, okay? Because this is not really a main part of what I want to say today. But I want to say, because I'm speaking to young people, that David, he had, for lack of a better word, let's use the American word for it, the anointment. <laughs> but he didn't have the appointment. He wasn't yet the king. So he had the anointment, but he didn't have the appointment. And many of you sitting here today, you have been anointed and anointed and anointed. If we were to gather all the oil that has been poured on you before. For some, if we gather oil, it's a barrel. <laughs> so you have the anointment. It's left with the appointment. But I also need you to know that from the time David was anointed to the time when he was appointed, it was about 50 years. And the reason is because, and during that time, that's when he was lion, bear, giant. Why? Because God needs to create a character in you. If he anoints you and you don't have a character, you are on your way to the situation that we find. Because you see right in this story where David had the anointing, but not the anointment, but not the appointment, there was also somebody there who had the appointment, but not the anointment. His name was Saul. And the reason why he lost the anointing was because of character. 
So some of the things that you are going through right now, it is character that God is trying to breed in you. Amen? Because no man ever fell because of the anointing. Anybody that you see who is in a position somewhere who falls, it's always because of character or the lack of it. So be patient. Tell your neighbor, be patient. Yeah. Your character is very, 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 very important. In fact, in the book of Timothy, the, all the points that were given for the appointment of a bishop, they were all character things. A man who has one wife, he's not given to brawling, he's able to, yeah. All character things, amen. Okay, so that's by the side. But let's go back to our story. Let's go back to our story. Amen. May the Lord help me today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, on the other side of the story, we have the army, the children of Israel. And we see them, they have been threatened every day by Goliath, and they had backed themselves. Are you there? Into a corner. The Bible says that the men of Israel, when they saw him, they were afraid. Now, the reason why they were afraid, let's go to verse 23. In verse 23, it says, Behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistine, and spake. You see, he had been speaking. Every Goliath speaks to you. And every Goliath sends you a message. Ah, tomorrow is Mitzem. You, you have not learned. You now ready now. You know how you don't like math. And look at your head. What bone? You, even SS math, because of a pot that you passed. And you have a math paper tomorrow. I can promise you, you will fail. Yeah, you will see. And as you are sitting there, you can't even open the book because you are, you are afraid. The number one reason why people fail exams is actually fear. And because of the fear, they even read the paper through fear. So the reading of the question through fear, you don't see it well. The children of Israel were hearing Goliath and they were seeing Goliath. And when they heard him, they even fled. And you see, when you run from the devil, you back yourself up into a corner. Anybody who fights knows that the worst thing that can happen to you is for you to be backed into a corner. That's why you see that the box says they are always... Uh, where is Bernard boxing? <laughs> you're always doing what? In the boxing ring. You're doing what? You'll be standing and then I'm trying to push you into that corner. Will you go? <laughs> Why not? Did you hear what he said? <laughs> the opponent has the upper hand. So when fear backs you up into a corner, the opponent has the upper hand. And now you can't maneuver because you have been backed into the corner. That's why when they get the person there, you know. You know how the fight is going to go. It's just a matter of time. There's going to be a knockout here. Okay, thank you. Amen. Because there are some of you sitting here this morning listening to me. You are afraid of marriage. You're not yet there, but you are afraid of marriage. It's already backing you up into a corner. And ensuring that you will say yes to an idiot. No, no, no. Because you are backed into the corner. There's no room to maneuver. You are afraid that when I marry, I will not have children. I mean, look at your age. What are you even doing thinking about it? You are afraid that if you don't sleep with the lecturer, you will fail the exam. Are you in the house? From today, I want you to say goodbye to fear. 
Just goodbye, goodbye. It doesn't matter the size of the giant. Fear is not the answer. Let's continue. Now, into this mess comes David. David was too young to join the army, so he had not yet joined them as a warrior. And he had come to this place because in verse 17, where we began, his father said to him, take this effort of parched corn and ten loaves to your brethren. And take these ten cheeses to the commander of the army. He went there because he was sent. And you see, when they send you to do something, I need you to understand that their job was a very small job. Oh, come on. Carry bread and corn. And then carry cheese. Deliver one to your brothers. Deliver the other to the uh, commander. It's a very small job. Hey, you people stop fidgeting. It's okay. What you have not done earlier is not now you use me to do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It was a very small assignment. Was it a fighting assignment? Was it something that you needed to be a hero to do? It was a very small thing. But I need you to understand that it was this small assignment that opened the door to what made David eventually a very prominent person. There are some of you who have been given tasks to do in the church. And to you, it is a small thing. And so you handle it like something that is not important. Not knowing that the small thing is just a door to something else. Not knowing also that many times in this world when God wants to bless you, he makes you do something for another person that looks as if you are not going to benefit. What was his benefit from this? As they were sending him to go, what was his benefit? But I want you to understand that he did it and he did it well. When you go home, go and read the whole chapter. When he was sent to go and look for his brothers, and he, 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 he went till he found them. He didn't say that, hey, the people are at war. What if when I get there, they are fighting? Because some of you, when a task is given to you, and you feel that I'm not benefiting personally, you don't even do it well. Are you here? Some choristers, if I ask them, what are the words of the song? They don't know. Because they are not the singer of the main part. And they feel that, oh, as for the main part, those who sing it, they are there. It's not my church. It's not my choir. I'm not the leader of the choir. The honor will not come to me. You see, I'm even, I'm even taking on people who work, because the choir is one of the hardest working basantes in the church. Some of you, as you are looking at me, you don't even do anything at all, because you feel that, oh, it's not my church, it's not my anything, it's not my... But this small job that this man had been given, this is what brought David out of obscurity. The day God decides to bring you out of obscurity, he will not announce it. You will not know that that's the day. This was David's day. Take this food to your people. You could easily have asked, why am I a girl? It's true. That's what some of you will ask. Not knowing that God was just trying to bring him to the right place in the right season. I want to tell some of you that you're being in KNU at this KNUSC at this time. Is God placing you at the right place for the right season? You are not in this church by chance. Even if it looks like it was a random knock on your door that brought you here. I came to tell you that it's a spiritual work that is being done. And that insignificant thing, a knock on the door, an invite, a little chat, come to church. And you come thinking that let me come so that they don't disturb me. You do not know that it is your way out of obscurity. You don't know that it is your way to becoming a giant killer. You don't know that it is God's means of getting you out of a problem and out of a situation and out of a trouble that you are standing in. You don't know. You don't know somebody that when you left your room to come, that was when your arch enemy came to your door. And you do not know that it's because you were here that your arch enemy did not meet you. And that is why you are still intact. An obscure thing. 
Amen. Are you there? So today, I'm, I told you I'm preaching shortly. I want to share with you just three practical things to defeat Goliath when you meet him. Because I've promised you one thing. That's what meeting you will meet. Three practical things. Number one, don't listen to negative people. Don't listen to negative people. The first person who David met who spoke to him was his brother. Very negative. I know you. You have come here to cause trouble. Where did you leave those few sheep? You see, the addition of that word few, I think you get the point. Few sheep is like that job that you are doing that is nothing. Yeah, he was looking for a fight. The Bible says that David just said, oh, what have I done? And he turned away. Some of you would have stood there to quarrel. And as you are quarreling, you will lose your mission. I'm speaking to that one. You are always quarreling with your roommates. You don't know that God placed you. He placed you directly beside that witch. Because as you are by the witch, if you had allowed him to talk to you, you would have been praying instead of quarreling. It was just to help your prayer life. I don't know who I'm talking to. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Sometimes the people who are most negative, who you shouldn't listen to, they have the same DNA as you. Your family member. Yeah. You want to follow your family? I can tell you that you follow your family, they get to a place in the following of God where you're either going to have to choose your family or choose God. That's why he said he came to create enmity. Yeah, that's what he meant by that statement. Not that you are walking around looking for enemies, but in your following of God, a day comes, a day comes when God says, this is what I want of you. And that is when those with your own DNA say other things. And why when you go this far and you do all this and then you are now walking, you have got this title, you are now this big person, you say you are going to lead it, you are going to do what to serve what God. You are going to what village? <laughs> because you believe that God has sent you there. Yeah. You are quiet. You are great, you are Goliath. You be sitting. Hey. After he meets his brother, he says, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turns away. He meets another person, another negative speaker. That negative speaker is even more surprising than his brother. (laughs) We find this one in verse 33. You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are but a youth. (laughs) And he, a man of war, from his youth. Wait, wait, wait. If there was anybody on earth who should have been interested in finding somebody to bring down Goliath, was it not Saul? So when the young boy comes and says he's going to fight against him, will he not try and encourage him? Rather, he wakes up to say, no, 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 no. You are just like us. Relax. The same way we can't go is the same way you can't go. I came to inform you that Goliath was not actually David's giant. Goliath was Saul's giant that he couldn't kill. And there are some of us in our lives, the giant that is facing you is the giant that faced your mother. Your mom should have put it down, but she slept with it. It faced your father. Your father should have put that giant down, but he fed it. And that is why it has come to your door. Saul was the one person who should have been interested in somebody wanting to fight Goliath. And when you are facing your Goliath, you will meet the souls who will tell you, oh, you cannot do it. Oh, it cannot happen. And that's why you must learn to take your foe. Scroll. Select. Delete. Scroll. Select, delete, scroll, select, delete. Let me tell you something. In the church, we are for family. In fact, we will encourage you to have good relations with your family. But the day somebody takes a stand, I had one of my favorite aunts who took a stand 
against the church I had joined. And every time she met me, she said something about my bishop. She said something about his wife to demean them, to laugh at me, and to say, why were we there? She was one of my favorite aunts. Scroll. Select. Delete. Because if you don't, it will cost you your faith. If you don't, the little arrows and the little barbs that are being said, it will change your mind. And somebody sitting here to, listening to me today, your mind has changed. You used to love God and follow God as the one that you knew, but today you are a bench sitter. You are a Sunday church goer, useless to the kingdom of God and useless to God himself because of barbs somebody was sending that you didn't stop. I pray you recognize yourself in what I've said. Amen. Now, when he met, when David met Saul, when David met his, his, his best, his brother, he just said, ah, why? But when he met Saul, and Saul spoke to him, he didn't argue with him. He just did the next thing that you have to do. Number three, you call the past the victories that you have had. David looked at Saul. And he said, you know, one day I was looking after my father's, my father's sheep. And I was singing to them, blah, 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 sheep. Have you had a wool? What? Three bags. One for my One. And one for the little. He said, as he was singing, and all the sheep were dancing. Then suddenly, he heard a shout, yeah! Be, oh, when he looked, a lion has come for one of them. And he said, I went. A lion came. I came and got my sheep out of his mouth. He said, another day we were sitting down there enjoying our nursery rhymes. I had my harp and I was playing. Blah, 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 sheep. Before he heard, another shout. A bear has come for one of his sheep. I need to tell you that David didn't leave the sheep for the bear. He went to the bear, he killed it and collected his sheep from the mouth of the bear. There are many things that are coming your way that God expects you to break through. Don't just leave it. Don't just leave it. Christian like you, in the room, you are the only believer, the rest are unbelievers. You are quiet. He has been expecting you to speak. Are you in the church? Yeah. What David did was to rehearse what God had done for him. I keep on meeting very weak Christians, usually very young, very weak Christians, with a complaining spirit. Always complaining about what is not working. But what about what is working? A few months ago, you were not in school. Today, you are here. Recently, I heard something that baffled my mind. I heard that somebody said that, oh, in fact, the way is not ready for the midterms, they should close the school again. And I knew that I was hearing somebody who is deficient in the gray cells in the head. Which student in their right mind? You see, some of you, you are looking elsewhere because you have said some. And I'm asking myself, the same people who were sitting at home recently praying that school will reopen are you not the same people you were so bored you had masturbated till you had nothing left you had watched pornography till you had nothing left you had done all the things you wanted to do now nothing was left you just ah. you are back in school then because of some small foolishness look at the nonsense instead of you to say, Lord, help me in spite of my foolishness. Look at the nonsense you are saying. Just like that one of you. You had no food to eat. Yesterday you had to sleep empty. And so you went to bed crying and saying, instead of rehearsing the goodness that God has done you, so you know that by all means, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. 
By all means, God will answer you. By all means, God will answer you. What are you asking him for that he's not answering? Number three. Resist the temptation to use untested weapons. When David got to this point and Saul finally agreed that he can go and fight. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17 verse 39 that he gave him his armor. Well, he gave it in verse 38. And in 39, David wore the armor. But when he wore it, he realized that he doesn't know it. This armor you have given me, if I don't take care because of it, I cannot run. You have been a worshiper of God all this time. Why are you now going to try some uh, prophets with herbs? I'm asking you a question. Why are you now going to look for another God? All this time, you have been praying to the God of heaven. The one who gave his son to save you. All this time, the Holy Spirit has been leading you, showing you what to say. And today, you have met Goliath, and you say you are going to look for another one. I also met my Goliath. You know, <laughs> you have not seen me for how many weeks? About five. About five weeks. In those five weeks, I've heard all kinds of things. <laughs> In those five weeks, <laughs> I heard I had traveled. In those five weeks, I heard that, ah, maybe, ah, mommy has gone, so they are transferring and somebody else has come. In those five weeks, I heard many things. This morning, you know, I don't, I don't like a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you see, there are a lot of things I'm not ashamed of. So today, I'm going to answer you, because that's why I chose this sermon today. Five weeks ago, I met my Goliath. I had finished church, and I woke up in the morning not feeling well. And I knew, because of the number of pictures I had taken with people without masks, and I knew because of all the people that had allowed to visit me without masks. And I knew we had had us a good time, but we had broken the rule. So as soon as I woke up feeling unwell, I took myself to a COVID center. I smuggled myself in by another door. I did the test. I came back home. I didn't, well, I mean, I felt like it was just a malaria. I think this was on the Tuesday. Then... This young doctor here called me because he's also a COVID doctor. He said, get a pulse oximeter and measure your oxygen regularly and I will call you to know. So when I measured my oxygen, it was going down. Are you there? So even though my test results are not yet come, the young man said, you are going to the hospital because this thing, by all means, will put you on oxygen. I grumbled, but I went. In fact, he even sent one of his doctor friends <laughs> to come and get me from my house, knowing that his mother and hospitals, they don't gel. I walked into the hospital. They said, yes, it's true. They put me in a place. The next day, my test came positive. And some of you are positive and you've been walking to sit here with your people. You are some way. Because you think it's a joke. The next day, they said, well, since it's positive, we're going to take you to this... Um, these wards. So I went. There were three wards. I was placed in the middle one. But you see, I walked into the ward myself. So as far as I was concerned, few days, we'll be out of here. Hey. <laughs> By afternoon, I sent my husband. I said, I think you will look this way. Because as I sat there, this person dead, rolled out, rolled another one in. I was there. Day one, day two, day three, plus a number of days passed. I said, the oxygen, we have to give it to you because your saturation is down. And then, tell your neighbor, and then, the giant came well. 
By this time, I noticed that this place that people come in, they don't walk out like this. Once they come, they roll you out. Then they roll another patient in. You go and sleep. You wake up for lunch. As you are waking up, there's somebody dying in. Hey, I said this place. I said, Lord, do and let me come out faster. Because the way the people die here. What I did not know was that my own midnight was coming. And as the beginning of the following week started, I slid into a midnight. Where, whether today is today or tomorrow is today, I don't know. But I was there. It is later. Because I knew there were people. That's why I said, use the weapons you know that you have. My weapon has always been prayer. And because of that, I know people who pray. So I had sent a text on my way to the hospital. I said, maybe even for me, this is it. You need to do something. So I knew prayer was going on. Some of the patients, I could even see the prayer going on. So I knew that I had prayer going on. But when my midnight came, I couldn't even think to pray. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. I was totally helpless. That was when one of my pastor doctors installed himself. He was working there, but he installed himself as my nurse. He would spoon feed me. He would ensure that what was done was done. And that is how he discovered that I was dying. He called this young man and said, it is time for us to use our last card. The last card was a certain medication that didn't even exist in Kumasi. I tell you, I had met my giant. Well, the church also has pharmacists. The pharmacists got to work. I don't know how they did it, but that night they found the first dose of the medication and they gave it to me. I still was not reviving. My doctor friend told me that as he held me, because he would come in the middle of his working day, he works in the ICU there, so he was also in the TPP. He just come and stand there, and he would tell him, Doc, you can't cry now. If anything, stand. That's why I said, you use the weapons that you have. The pharmacist who was chasing the drugs was behind my window, and he sent me a text. He said, a fifth column normally destroys. I am your fifth column here for prayer. I had weapons that were working for me. Eventually, on February the 5th, which was a Friday, I came back. And I remember as I came back, I looked at my phone and I said, 5th February? It's not possible. When was 2nd? When was 3rd? When was 4th? But today is 5th. Well, wherever I had gone to, the God that we serve had risen up. I need to tell you something. The reason why the choir sang the song they sang today was because it was one of the songs that kept me alive. I had that song on my phone. And as I played it, it reminded me of somebody who was the living word. I remember lying on my bed and I was listening. By this time, I was coming back to myself. I was listening to the song. By this time, you should have found the words, okay, of the song that the, the choir sang. And as I lay there, I said, Lord, you know, one of the things about COVID is that your mind is not clear. So how to even put things together doesn't work. Now, it goes on to say, please continue. You see, it says, many things you wear on earth, a holy king, a carpenter, you are the living word. Continue. Then it says, continue. Oh, go on. The next, uh -huh. awesome ruler. Excuse me, that word is not gentle redeemer. That word is Gentile redeemer. Redeemer of the Gentile. So as it gets here and it says, awesome ruler. Gentile redeemer. Continue. God with us, the living truth. And what a friend we have in you. you are. So when it gets to that point, I said, Lord, the words are too many for my mind. I'm not able to remember all of them. But the song continues. And then, please go to the next stanza. Please. The next one. Come on, guy. Move on. No, no, there's a line before that. Exactly. 
he gets to this point and he says, Jesus, Jesus, that's how we call you. And as I lay there in that thought, I said, this is the name that I know. The name is Jesus. That's how I call you. It's how I have always called you. As I'm lying here, Lord, and nobody knows what I'm going through here. I can't even talk. I can't hold my phone. I can't tell them, Lord, I need somebody. But I know Jesus. I know Jesus. He has always been my everything. Jesus. The song continues and it says, Manger born, but on the tree you die to save humanity. This one I could understand that he died. I said, You died to save me, and today I need you. But the last line there was the killer You are the living word. I stand here this morning as a testimony of that living word. I stand here as one among few who came up. Hold on. For 19 days, I was in that war. When I came out two Saturdays ago, I was still very weak. That's how come I didn't say to anybody that I was back, but I was well. When I came out after 19 days, I was only the fourth person, one, two, three, four, to leave that ward walking. Everybody else had left dead. I know. I don't know why he kept that number one number two and number three but I know that for me the word of God that has always stood that has always bailed me out that has always helped me that has always kept me that same word delivered me so I thank you those of you who prayed God used you early one dawn I was awoken by an angel and he said to me this was the last Monday I was there. He said, you know you're okay and you're going to come out. Can't you hear them praying? And the prayer was like a roar I have never heard in my life. And I knew that God had put together the prayers of the saints. Hallelujah. I don't know who I am talking to today. But what I want to say is that I don't know who your giant is. I know the one I met. But I remembered so many times. That was why I couldn't understand when recently I saw on uh, one of the pages that there were no testimonies. And I asked myself, as for God, he's always God. As for doing, he's always doing. So I came to tell you this bunch of ungrateful Christians, God has been there for you. So many things he has done, only you have not known that he did them. You better find them and you better testify. Because the day you meet your Goliath, if you don't know your testimonies, he will take you out. The children of Israel did not know their testimonies. They didn't start to rehearse when he led them across Red Sea. Didn't start to rehearse when he had won so many battles for them. They were backed up in a corner and some of you are backed up in a corner because you have not rehearsed your testimony. God has done so much for you. But... Oh, mommy, when you have a dramatic, when I have a dramatic one like yours, let me tell you, you have a dramatic one like mine, you will die. Because you have not rehearsed your testimony, you will not remember. Why was I clinging on to God like that? Because I remember. What about you? What about you? Giants do die. Tomorrow, some of you will meet a giant. As you go to your midst, you will pass. I said you will pass because I am rehearsing my testimony of the thousands of students who have passed because I prayed. I don't know about you and your prayer, but me, I pray. I even pray that you will remember your identity card because I remember the testimony of one who forgot the the, that card and then heard the prayer. Thank you. This morning, some of you owe the Lord an apology. He has taken care of you. Yes, you have met your Goliath today. 
He's bringing you out of there. I can tell you one thing. I came out of this much stronger than when I went in. Because so many times God met me. I have always liked praying. But today, when I pray, I remember that song when Jesus came to stand for me. I said, ah, that's the Jesus I know. I know him better after my midnight time. Oh God. Prayer is nicer. He brings you out to make you stronger. When I walked out and I knew I was the only the fourth person in 19 days, it just said everybody else who left had left as a corpse. And he hadn't allowed me to be a corpse. I knew that this God that I serve. This morning I want you to bow down your head. If you have not praised God properly in a while, privately do it now. Some of you had parents who caught COVID and they are still alive. Some of you lost family members, but somehow your life is still moving on. Some of you, you almost didn't make it into the university, but you are here. Some of you almost didn't even get a place to sleep, but you are even in a place that you like. Some of you almost didn't get a course, but now here you are on the eve before your next service because God brought you in. Thank him this morning. Some of you, you got COVID, you got ill, you were not well. He has brought you through it. Thank him. Different kinds of issues, but he has brought you through it. Talk to him this morning. Thank him this morning. What are you doing? Stop the fidgeting and just leave us to be. him. This is the Jesus. That's how we call him. That's how we know him. The redeemer of the Gentiles. The one who hung on the tree to save us. And this morning as we stand thanking him, I want to speak to you who has come here but you are not sure of your salvation. As you stand here, if I ask you where is your faith? Are you going? You know, if I had died, by the grace of God, I know I'd have gone to heaven. If it was you, can you answer with that confidence? If you cannot, today is your day of salvation. To meet the Redeemer of the Gentiles. To meet that one that we call Jesus. To meet the one who came on earth as a carpenter. But when he came, he came to accomplish something. The awesome God that we worship. Don't wait until your giant leaves you. Because as I lay in that word, I asked myself, those who didn't have God, what do they do? What do they do? What do they hold on to? What do they cling to? Who do they hold? What do they do in this moment? If you are here this morning, you have not given your life to Jesus. I have talked so much. I have even shared intimate details I shouldn't share with you. Just so that you will be serious with God. You have not given your life to Jesus. I want to see your hand in the air right now. You don't know where you are going if you die. I want to see your hand in the air right now. Just start coming towards me. Because today you got to give your life to him. You have to come. Just come towards me. Just come. I don't know when you will meet your giant. But by that time, you should know him. Please, come. Let us pray together. Quickly. Quickly. You are not sure. Don't mind your neighbor. Just come. Come and let us pray together. I know that you are here, so I will wait for you. Just come. Just come. Just come. I am waiting for you this morning. Just come. Just come to me. Just come. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Just come. You are here this morning. You are not sure. You're just not sure. You've been in church all this time. But you are just not sure that if you die, you are going to Jesus. Just come. Let us make sure of it this morning. Just step out and come. Just come. Oh, that is Jesus we are calling.
Lord bless you. Keep coming, keep coming. Maybe you are even the main worker in the church. But you know, no church can save you. Only Jesus can save you. Because only Jesus died for you. So God bless you for all your work. But please make sure things are right with him. I'm waiting for you. Please, come. If you're standing in front this morning, I want you to pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my master and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each one of these young people standing here this morning. I pray that you will watch over them and that you will keep them. May they never regret today, and may it always be well with them. In Jesus' name, amen. With all of me, I want to praise you. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter, at F-O-L-C-I-E-D-I-C. God richly bless you.